Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. I'm Matthew. I'm Nancy. And this week we have kind of a little special episode. We are on family vacation in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. And um, we decided that this would be a great time to look back at a movie that we grew up watching, that we loved, that was filmed mostly in Santa Cruz, California, The Lost Boys. And since we are on vacation, we have a special guest with us this week. Yes, friend of the podcast. Uh, Welcome back, our guest, Sherry. Hello, you're stuck with me again. (laughs) We appreciate your presence every time. (laughs) We just wanted to um, go and talk about the film and a couple personal anecdotes about the film and one of the reasons and why we like Santa Cruz so much. Yeah. And how uh, how much we love vampires. Yes. This is like one of those, for our generation, this is probably like one of those early vampire movies that like we, when we were old enough, we were probably old enough to watch it and um, because of the age of the people in the movie, you could kind of relate to it more Everything. So I think I think really for us, this is probably one of those first vampire movies for us to that we could really get into. That we could really sink our teeth into. Oh my god! <laughs> now you're taking my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie came out in '87. Yeah, '87. Um, Directed by Joel, Joel Schumacher. Joel with, Schumacher, who yes. has a very strange array of credits. Let's just say. Yeah, I totally I, forgot he even directed this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't think that this is the guy that turned the first Batman movie franchise down downhill. Yeah. But, you know, everyone has, you know, their ups and downs and opinions about the bat, the, all Batman movies. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about rewatching this movie was the first, like, ten minutes of the movie seeing all of Santa Cruz mm-hmm. in the movie. Now... In the movie, they rename Santa Cruz Santa Carla, not Santa Clara, which mm-hmm. is another city not too far away from here, mm-hmm. but Santa Carla. And it opens with them driving up uh, West Cliff Drive, which um, is famous for having the Natural Bridges Park. Mm-hmm. And there's a, um, the lighthouse. a lighthouse, beautiful lighthouse. and Which is now a surf museum. Yes, mm-hmm. it's now Surf Museum. And uh, one of the things, that, like, and that's just in the opening credits, and I was so amazed seeing this, because in 1987, you're watching them kind of drive in this area, and we've been there. We mm-hmm. went there a few years ago. And when we went there just a few years ago, along the other side of the highway is all houses. And now you can't see that. because, Or now that's all you see. But in the movie, it is lawn. There's, like, fields behind yeah. it. And uh, that was really interesting for me to see just just from the opening credits, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that I was really kind of intrigued by, like, seeing that and then being able to look at all the different things about Santa Cruz at that point. Yeah, this movie was really fun to watch, you know, when we were growing up, a lot of it because we had seen a lot of the actors and... Well, we'd seen a few of the actors and other things, you know. Of course, we'd seen Corey Feldman and Goonies and Stand By Me. 
I'd seen Jamie Gertz in a few movies before. I think Less Than Zero came out before Lost Boys. I could be wrong on that. But I'd recognize Jamie Gertz. Kiefer Sutherland, of course, we were... Stand By Me. That's he was also thing. in Stand By Me. And you know the thing about... Like, at that point, he was a kind of a bad guy in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously much younger looking. And then he's a bad guy in this. Mm-hmm. So it, I think I just always kind of felt like he was always a bad guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. in everything. And I know he's still, he's uh, now in Designated Survivor. Which was canceled. And then revived on Netflix. And now canceled. Again? I think so, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So he did not survive. Well, and of course, he eventually played Jack Bauer. So, like, ultimate kind of... 24. Yeah. He was Jack Bauer in 24. So, you know, Mr. Save the Day. 24. I watched a few seasons and meh. I, nothing. I am not a Sutherland family fan too much. At all? No. That's only because in one movie you had to see half-naked Donald Sutherland's butt. No. That's what movie one. was that? Clute? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. He, I think it was in Clute. <laughs> he was, no, it was another movie. I think, anyway. I think he, he plays a, a, a bad guy well, so I just uh, just dislike him. And Kiefer, I'm like, he's all right. Well, well Sutherland played um, President Coyne in The Hunger Games. He did. So. There's that too. Um, but, and this movie had a few fresh faces to it. had Jason Patrick. I don't think he'd really done much. He eventually went on, I believe... Speed 2. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Speed 2. What he a also great... did a movie called Rush, where he was a he was like an FBI or, C, or an undercover agent who... Um, in the drug world. Who, in the drug world, and then got addicted to heroin. Yeah, I, I never saw it. Um, but yeah, this movie was really intense. I mean, it was also, because it's set in Santa... Santa Cruz, you know, the oceans there, the beach, you know, the boardwalk, you know, all the settings are really great and really appealing for like a teenager. And of course, I don't, we weren't teenagers when we saw this. We were, I think I was 10 when it came out. And, um, but you know, there's the romance, there's this, you know, this allure, there's intense peer pressure, this kind of mystery of, you know, who's who's that girl? Who's this mysterious girl at the boardwalk? You know, here we end up at this concert with this greasy saxophone player guy, and I see this beautiful dark hair playing Playing cheesy 80s saxophone music. Just, it's so bad. (laughs) What is this song? Like, do you believe? So bad. I think so, yeah. 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 But and, and of course this this movie is very much like a fish out of water story, you know, because they'd been they relocated from Phoenix to Santa Clara, Santa Carla, excuse me, and didn't know anyone. They they their grandpa lived here, and that's why they moved. But this movie, watching it now, now let let me just clarify. Last summer when we came to visit Santa Cruz, we actually all watched this movie together, and none of us had seen it in probably at least ten years, right? At least. At least. You know, so we, we were reintroduced to it a year ago where we all kind of laughed at how many times they say the name Michael. I think it was, what, 100 at Michael. least? I think we looked it up and it was like 150 or something. It, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Maybe It was more <laughs> than... Come on, Michael. Yeah. Michael. Be one of us, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> In a movie that's an hour and 40 minutes, the name Michael is said far too many times. <laughs> Um, but, you know, this fish-out-of-water story because um, it's Michael and his younger brother, Sam. Played Sam, by 
Corey, Corey Haim, rest in peace. This is yeah. This is the movie that that began the two Corys. Yes, mm-hmm. Corey Haim Third. and Corey Feldman. From that, from this movie on, they were linked in a number of different movies mm-hmm. that were all um, questionable. Yeah, License to Drive. Terrible. Mm-hmm. That movie's terrible. I think I saw that in the theater. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> the, the the middle generation. Yes, I in, in the theater. <laughs> the the middle generation in this movie, um, their mom is uh, Di- played by Diane Weiss and Edward Herman. Edward um, Herman is the is her love interest in the movie. Yeah. Can I just say that I love Edward Herman because I am a Girl More Girls fan and watching him. He on can that, do no wrong. He's, he's awesome. He was also he's, he's rest great. in peace. Yeah. Yeah. He, that was just a few years ago that he yeah. passed away. He was. I always kind of like because his name was Edward Herman. Always felt like he could be Herman Munster. Herman Munster. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know that too. I know. He's like he's that high, he's tall and yeah. he's a big guy. Yeah, for sure. But this movie oozes all the '80s stuff that you expect an '80s movie to to have. It's got like Matt already said the really cheesy saxophone. It's almost greasy saxophone in this movie. It's, it's really greasy, greasy saxophone. saxophone. It's got the really goofy late 80s fashions, especially the guys wearing mainly, you know, mainly Corey Haim. Edward Herman did too though. He was sporting some blazers oh, with yeah. shoulder pads too. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. were bright colors. And well because he worked in the video store, I think he kind of had to have like this certain kind of edgy, edgy look. look because yeah. he, I mean, I don't think I've seen so much like neon like lighting and everything. I mean, there was tons of that in in his store. Yeah, within the brothers, you know, Michael, the older brother, is sucked sucked in to this this vampire cult, and his younger brother, who's fourteen. Okay, I th- this was one of my issues. We're watching this movie, and I'm like, there's a scene where... He's taking a bath? Well, Michael is like, Sam, go take your bath. And he's like in the bathtub doing his whole thing, listening to these, this cheesy music and singing along to it. And I just turn to Sharon, I'm like, how old is he? Is he eight? He was listening to the frog, man. But, I mean... The like go take your yeah, like I he, like, oh, no, he had a babysitter. I'm like this kid is about to go <laughs> attack vampires and he's driving and he's like stealing cars and like going to go kill these vampires in this cave with the Frog Brothers and he's going and he's taking a bath and he needs to get have a babysitter. How old is he? <laughs> Don't know. He was probably supposed to be like fourteen. I'm going to say fourteen. Because I think Michael is at least 17 or 18. Well, and they both talk about how they're still in school. Yeah. So but I'm going to say Michael was a senior. But it was also really confusing, though, because at the very beginning of the movie, during the credits, like, they're getting gas, and Michael goes up to some random guy, like, hey, are there any jobs around here? And he says, none that are illegal. And I'm like, well, wait, is he looking for a job because he's 18 or older not going to school? I think it was a summer job. Uh, maybe. But who knows? It's... Uh, this again, Joel Schumacher. You know, I mean, accuracy over detail or attention not, to details. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think he cares. I mean, at least we never saw Michael like going to a bar. That no. would have been a problem. No, but he. I mean, he did face. He had a, a level of naivete that was like, Ugh. 
like really bad when it came to the peer pressure of joining the, the peer pressure. <laughs> oh my god, Michael, <laughs> come on! It it Be was one of us. It was crazy. Come on, come down to our creepy cave where no one's I mean, supposed okay. to live. Can we talk about the cave for a second? Because the, that cave is co- amazing. Because of course they have a gigantic poster of Jim Morrison oh, in yeah, this cave. I, I have that in my notes. <laughs> I think of. The cool factor, the vampire crew of Kiefer Sutherland um, and his three compatriots, plus Jamie Gertz, whose name in the movie is Star. 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 What's your name? Star. Star. And, <laughs> and the other, and the other little boy, Laddie. Laddie, Laddie who Star is like always pr- trying to protect. Shit, he's like a little kid. Well, right. <laughs> But he's, he's the, no he, Kirsten Dunst. I was just going to say, he's <laughs> filling the role of Kirsten Dunst in uh, Interview with a Vampire Phils. I wonder if there was, like, some Interview with a Vampire, like, inspiration for this movie. Like, now that I think about it, I mean, think about, like... Yeah, I don't know when Lestat. the book was written. I think it was before this. I want to say, I'm 82, I'm throwing that uh-huh. out there. I really don't know if that's right But, like, right, Lestat trying to, like, make a family and get people together, and, like, this that's kind of, like, what's going on in this movie. I mean... I'm not saying this is a that's vampire better. lore though. I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. That's yeah. yeah. Give credit where credit's due, right? Yeah. So <laughs> this cave, though, let's let's dig deeper into this cave. When I was younger, I used to think that I knew where this cave was because there was a cave when you are eating on the wharf, like you could see a cave uh-huh. across over there. I used to think it was that cave. Awesome. That, I know. I'm sure it's not. It'd be cool to like be able to find this cave, but I'm sure the cave does not really exist. It's probably... It's a set, probably. <laughs> it's probably one of the few things that they yeah. did film in Los Angeles. Yeah. No, I... I but the, the cave is cool. The cave is very cool. The cave is cool. It's got, like, the whole... Like, when you watch the movie, the whole story about how, like, it was a country club place, a resort, that when the 1906 earthquake hit, it sunk Caved into in. the ground. Yeah. And, um... Which, two years later... The Loma Prieta, which was centered in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Two years later than what? The mo- the when the when movie, movie came out, out, so yeah. in 1989. Yeah. 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 Not two years right. after. No, no, the- no. Correct. <laughs> the whole story, like, and then it's, there's like a fountain, there's all this stuff where it's how it's decorated. I mean, let's just say this. The vampire cult is probably the coolest thing in this movie. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland with his, with his bleached, blondish uh, mullet... With the spiky mullet, and like the like very kind of like monotony voice that he has, mm-hmm. and like that, that, and then his crew, uh, one of which is the blonde, which was in Thrashin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and everyone and well, and Alex and Winter. Alex Winter, who is uh, from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't know if the Death by Stereo guy was in anything. Uh, nothing that I know of of note he was probably doing like tv or something like that yeah every every time i go on the internet to research um an actor who i'm not really sure who they are or what they've done it seems like they've always been in law and order or csi (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah death by stereo also a great band that they're the best part of this movie and they have the coolest hangout in the cave hangout yes that's where they hang they hang in there (laughs) <laughs> okay, can we just jump real quick to favorite characters because Keith Sutherland was my favorite character in this movie. Oh, David's my favorite. Keith Sutherland is clear is like the clear favorite just because 
he's probably the best acted. Agreed. Best acted. Um, no offense to the other actors, because um, I think that some of the other actors have done very great things, and some of the actors have done terrible mm-hmm. things. He's definitely the coolest. He's the f- most fun to watch. Every scene that he's in, you're, like, captivated by, and then every scene that he's not in, you're, like, going to the bathroom. Um, it's definitely, he's the best character. Yeah. Um, my second favorite character in the movie is probably Nanook. I was just going to say dog. the dog. The dog. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yours, Sherry? I like Diane Weiss a lot. She's, she's great. Really great. She's my favorite. She's I'm, excellent. I'm gonna, I'm, Her I'm, character's I'm, name was Lucy. Yeah, I'm gonna put this out there, and I I like the Corys. I'm sorry. I mean, I was I grew up in the '80s. I do. They're so goofy. Ass. I know they're they so are. But I just, it's terrible. But, but, okay, but okay. let me let me. But throw, it's so '80s for me, though. It's and, just so nostalgic. And, and, and let me let me throw out an opinion. <laughs> Jack mentioned that um, the Frog Brothers really bring a lot of comedy to That's a right. very intense, yes. gory vampire movie yes. that is unusual for this kind of film. The, the frog, and they are entertaining. The Frog yes. Brothers are are definitely the most entertaining and I would say uh, Corey Feldman plays one of the two frog brothers right and he definitely excels like if you were ranking Corey's in this movie Feldman above Haim hands down I don't think there's really any sure I mean that's probably that. always the case for the most part right probably I mean Except he was doing an extra gravelly voice, oh, which was sure. very silly to me. It was. I, that, love, that threw me off. I love, I love that, though. I love that he was trying to... But it's funny. It was like he was talking tough the whole movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But that was part of their shtick. I mean, yeah. they had a shtick. So, but I think, I think for sure, though, Matt and I agree that David was written with the most care. Like, what he was given to, like, what Kiefer Sutherland was given to do seemed to be what they was. He, was, he seemed to be, like, the favorite character of the writers and the director. Because for a majority of the movie, you think he is the ultra villain in the movie. We later find out that he actually isn't, but... And your favorite character is Lucy. She's so great. And, you know, again, she's one of two women in the movie. So right. it's not like there's right. a whole host of fe- females yeah. to look out for. And she's a really cute mom. I think I mean, she's great. No, she's so great in, in um, uh, Parenthood, too. I'm going, yes. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go, on, go as far as say, like, there's things about Lucy that remind me of our mom. Oh, yeah. She's very sweet. She's very funny. Taking care of the family. She's got, like, this very much, like, hey... I'm your friend. Let's talk. Yeah. Kind of Very vibe. sweet. Very, very cool. And I've always... And the short hair. Mm-hmm. The short hair. It's always kind of reminding <laughs> me of But, yes, this movie is definitely very cheesy. It's... I understand why I was so drawn to it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the the vampires... Looked cool, and they were scary. And they were kind of scary. There was there's some intense gore in this movie, especially when they're all at the house (laughs) and um, the The thrashing guy gets thrown in the bathtub of holy water. Then there's you know blood bursting out of every pipe and every um, drain. I think they wanted to kind of some some of the scenes have that like very kind of like overly almost B-movie level gore factor. Yeah. And, I, and Which I think is totally intentional just because yes. it's, it, it adds to the kind of the, the fun of the movie. Yeah. Um, and, and at one point during, when um, 
Sam meets the Frog Brothers, they talk about like when you kill a vampire, none of none of them die the same way. Some of them explode, some mm. of them do that. So I mean, they they were kind of living up to the whole kind of lore that was being created. Yeah, that's about also them. A, a vampire thing. A lot is just how much you know blood does kill you. Although, although some vampires, sometimes <laughs> vampires just turn to dust. That's yes. what some of them do in other uh-huh. vampire stories. Yeah. yeah. But they don't turn to dust here. They, no. they, they turn to liquid <laughs> on, some, on yeah. some scale. It's pretty gross. Yeah. But anyway, I interrupted you. You were saying. So one of the reoccurring features in this movie is... The song "Cry Little Sister" by Gerard McMahon. It opens the movie. It's played several different times throughout the movie, or at least little parts of it are. Well, definitely, like one of the main scenes where you hear like most of the lyrics is the scene where they're turning Michael, where they're like, "Drink the wine, yeah. it's not wine, it's blood." Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Like I, I never understood that scene. Me neither. Before because like." First, they're like, oh, we're going to have food, and he's telling him the whole story, and then he hands him a joint and says, want an appetizer? And then, he, and then so he takes the joint, and then they're eating, and he's, all, he's hallucinating while they're eating, and I realized that this, you know, now that I'm watching it, you know, as I'm older, I'm like, oh, he probably just thinks he's high, and he's having these hallucinations, but they're actually, like, messing with his head in other ways to, to trick him into drinking the blood, Mm-hmm. So he becomes the vampire. Yeah. And then he starts to turn, and then the song starts. And that is like, that's a really cool scene. Like yeah. the editing and everything they do in that scene yeah. is great. It's, it's, it, builds, it builds a lot of emotion, and it's just, it, it fits this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just fits this movie. And, you know, fun personal story. When I was in high school, um, a friend of mine and I, we used to participate in our school's annual dance concerts. Every single year, we would choreograph one dance um, and perform it. We did this freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. And in our sophomore year, me, my, my girlfriend Amy, and two other friends did a dance to this Cry Little Sister song. I remember being in the front room while you were choreographing mm-hmm. this, because you had the biggest front room where you could practice yeah. this. Yeah, Hearing the song... Over mm-hmm. and over. Yep. I mean, you think that they repeat this song a lot in the movie. <laughs> I was living it. You were living it. And thank God you didn't have any weird wine to drink and to oh. get coarse. But it, it was really cool. I mean, you know, this is in... Oh. 92. Yeah. Spring of 92, we did this dance. Wh- whose idea was it to use this song? Mine. Or, well, I think we came up with a consensus. I was usually the one to get everybody enthusiastic to do these dance concerts. Like our freshman year, it was my idea for us to do um, The Look by Roxette, mm-hmm. which nice. was a lot of fun. And then... Did you um, have, like, shirts that said The Look on I, them and I everything? think so. I mean, we or would... Or had eyes or something? Glitter puff paint? Probably. Yeah, yeah we, we, black, we, we would like... do a costume for each year. Um and, and may, you know what? I'm not going to take total ownership of Cry a Little Sister. I think it really kind of came to all of us because it was me and Amy and Lena and then another girl we'd gone to school with. And I don't know. We, we probably were watching Lost Boys over the summer or something, and it kind of came to us like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And we were all into 
you know, MTV Rock at the time, and, you know. This was, this was I remember, like, you have to remember in, like, 1992, um, music was definitely changing in a sense where, mm-hmm. like, more hip-hop and everything was, mm-hmm. was, was becoming a lot more prominent on MTV and everything, so... For you guys to do this dance, oh yeah, we stood out. You stood out. We, but we I mean, we stood out all... every year. But we really stood out. I mean, apparently, a lot of rappers have sampled that song. So there you go. Well, there look at that. Go. We were ahead of the curve. Um, but no, we we were we we wore black leggings, which was pretty much a standard when you're in dance. But we also, I don't know if you remember this element of our costumes. No. We got chains and wrapped chains around our legs and like <laughs> secured them with safety pins. No, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was the really, most goth thing you've ever done. It was really awesome. <laughs> I mean, because in our junior year, we followed it up with uh, Van Halen's Right Now, which was also being used for the Pepsi commercial. So it just kind of was the perfect timing. No, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, we really, I mean, we, we took ownership of this song. And wow. this, this movie really has this special place in my heart for that but has the movie aged well not really has the song aged well well i mean it doesn't have cheesy saxophone there is no cheesy saxophone it's actually not that terrible song and and i mean and it's got that really cool element of like kind of the choir in the background you know with the the younger kid the younger girls and anyways there's some other um i just also want to point out um there's some really good in excess songs on here yeah not like clear singles that like everyone hear of but mm-hmm. they're there's some great I mean that's another band from the 80s oh. that totally ended too soon oh, yeah. that has done so many great songs that are just a lot of fun really well written and everything and uh, definitely check out those songs from the soundtrack there's also a cover by a band who I love but I hate this cover oh you don't like People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen no why not because I like the original I, do, I, I I highly agree too. Oh. It's hard to listen to the cover of the song and not have that Ray Manzarek solo in it, the mm-hmm. keyboard solo in it. They just don't do it. They just don't do it at all, or they don't do it justice. Yeah, it's just, it's it's not the I same. Mean, it's not horrible, but I just I'm not a huge fan. I I do find it funny that they have a Doors poster in the cave, but oh. they play a cover of this song. Yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> of, course, of course it's going to be Jim Morrison, though. I right. mean, yeah. he probably was a vampire for all we know. Probably. He's great. He probably, I mean, he's not dead. He's still He's still <laughs> He's the, the ultimate recluse. There you go. Yeah. I want to bring up something fun for Nancy, that, which you probably won't be surprised by, but I know you're a huge Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer yeah. fan at the TV Love show. It. Apparently, Joss Whedon, when he was making this show, like, it was a huge, like, inspiration for him. Like, he wanted to, he used some stuff from it, for sure. He's totally amidst stealing. I love that. That's, that's really great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, as a blueprint, and and when you think about it, this movie is about teenage vampire killers. Like, teenage vampire hunters. So, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a teenage vampire killer, so. Yeah. And apparently, when they cast the movie, that they wanted to it to skew younger the vampires to skew younger mm-hmm. but like goonies had just came out and stuff and they didn't want it to be like oh hey you know here's goonies but they're vampires 
So. Yeah, because well, Louise was only about, two years before. Yeah, you had about yeah. two years difference. And yeah, they kind of ended up making them a little older. And the Corey Feldman connection. Right. Although, you know what, though? I think it makes sense. I really like that within this movie, because, again, we are brother and sister. We are three school years apart, but basically two it's probably about the same biological age years same, apart. It's probably about the same age difference. Yeah. A lot of it is very similar. Yeah, and... There are very big differences between an older sibling and a younger sibling, and there's plenty of times when a younger sibling will do something that's in direct opposition of what an older sibling is doing <laughs> just to differentiate who they are. So Michael becomes a vampire, and Sam becomes a vampire killer. Are you trying to bring up anything specific? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, I'm just saying that I mean it I, I like that in this movie that the vampires are like the older kids you know I mean obviously we don't know how old they are because vampires live forever and you never die and you never get old and whatever so they could have been like 80 year old vampires they were probably more like they were probably like 50 year old vampires or something and would have been you know well into their corporate careers or something and it's a good thing that they became vampires it's or really, something it's, it's really hard to tell though because they don't really one, one thing that you see during the opening credits that is trying to kind of tell a story that you then they later revisit is while they're showing all the scenes of Santa Carla and all the different people and while they're playing People Are Strange, they're showing all these like punk rock kids and you know homeless people and whatnot. Um, burnout, hippies. Hippies and stuff like that. But you're always seeing uh, flyers for missing children oh, yeah. everywhere. yeah. And you, and then later, um, a police officer or a security guard gets killed by the vampires, mm-hmm. and then like the wife is like putting up a, wa- a missing persons sign mm-hmm. up of of him um, on a billboard with all these other missing persons one, and then later, um, Michael is drinking milk, and it and it you know pans onto yeah. the milk carton, and Laddie is yeah. the missing kid on the milk carton. We don't know how recent it is, but you're kind of made to believe, like, either all these kids or all these people are being killed by the vampires, or they're, like, getting trying to get recruited. I think a majority of them are being killed. Probably. I don't think that many are being turned, because it looks like the initiation process is kind of intense. I don't know. Hey, drink this blood. You're well, but I think they had this... I, think, <laughs> I, I don't know, though. I mean, there's something weird about the way that... I have a lot of questions about vampires. Yeah, okay. How the, the, that whole thing, how they become a vampire, like that always, that movie has been confusing to me. And also, like, they're just eating real food sometimes, just... Oh, when they have Chinese food? Well, then they, have, they were eating at another point, I think, too, which I'm were sure... They? Did they, like, go get Blondie's pizza or something? I don't remember <laughs> what. I don't, no, I don't remember what it was they were eating, but... But that doesn't, I mean, you know, all vampire movies are different. I mean, they don't sparkle in the sun. Well, there's another thing that really bothers me about this movie. Um, Their fangs are not in the right spot. They're not where (laughs) fangs would normally be. They're they're like the eye teeth and not like the fang teeth. I'm talking weird because I have my fingers in my mouth. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> there's but anyway. a, lot, a lot of vampires in movies, though, they have them there. It's they wrong. The, I, well, That's not where the fangs go. You've met one, you know. That... that you and Vlad are friends. It's wrong. 
something's wrong. Have you ever looked at a dog or another animal? Oh, no, that's not I, where the I fangs are. I fully agree with you. It's always bothered me too, but it's it's not the first time I think that that's happened. Do you have any but, other issues with like the vampire question? I mean, I, I just still think that the whole like star having to lure them in, and is that how? New members that's of, one the of the vampire yeah. game. That's one of the ways, and then they have to like. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they have okay. to really, pr- you know. I she, mean, have they all had sex with her? Is that part of it too? Well, no. The like, they drink the blood, and then they become like half vampire, and then they have to have their first kill, and then they become a full vampire. Here's where it gets really confusing. At no point do we see Laddie kill anybody but then he goes full on vampire with the teeth and everything I think he was one already I think it's one of those things where it's like they only turn when they need to kind of a thing but but I mean when you're talking about how attract you know luring them in to quote Edward from Twilight everything invites you in our look our smell our taste even our voice oh boy so there you go I, I do. I know nothing of the Twilight world. I've never seen any of them or read any of the books. So. I know only what it I've been forced to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge Twilight fan, but you know, it's okay. Definitely, but you can be our Twilight expert seen. for this mm-hmm. panel. But I, I, I'm a huge vampire movie fan, that's yeah. for sure, and vampire fan in general. Yeah. So, which I think both of you also. Yeah. Are big fans. What? What? Okay. Let, let's just throw this out there because I just thought of this. This wasn't something I had planned. What is your favorite vampire movie? I was going to ask, yeah, same question. I mean, this this would definitely be probably in my top five, only because I have, like, the relationship to it, not just doing this, but, like, seeing it so young. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot out there. I mean, there's, like, a million different versions of Dracula. There's Interview with Vampire. There's tons of them that have come out and that we've all seen pre us being born and after. <laughs> I mean, I can only think of three really right now, and um, three that I would consider, which would be this one, Interview with the Vampire, or Bram Stoker's Dracula with um, Gary Oldman. That's great. Yeah, Those would be the three. Cause, I mean, because while I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show, I did not care for the movie. That's funny because really? I love the movie. The movie's great. No, I haven't in that watched movie. I have to rewatch it. I need to watch Luke it. Luke Perry. I love the movie. Um, but see, now you love the TV show, so it might be hard for you to go back and mm-hmm. without her being classy, that, you know, it's yeah. different. Yeah, that's true. Chrissy Swanson it was a different... Versus Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Um, I... I mean, I know Blade exists, and I've seen Blade, but I haven't really seen it in a long time, so I can't really talk about it. I would, I would say, like, I really like the first Blade, the other two. Not good. <sighs> I've only no. seen the second one, I think. The second one... Not very good. The third one, highly unwatchable. Um, I mean, you've got Ryan Reynolds, upgrade, but then you also have a whole bunch of badness. It's just not as good. Um, but I will say, um, but I do really like the first Blade. Uh, I gotta put From Dust Till Dawn in there as, you know, a great, fun vampire movie. Hmm. Nothing to take that seriously in that movie, but George Clooney... Um, Selma Hayek, um, Harvey Keitel, you know, you know that's a fun one. Um, well, what's fun lot- about that movie is when when it came out and you watched it, you didn't know what was going to happen in that movie. 
I didn't know when I watched it what was going on. Oh, that's cool. So it was like a shock to see the vampires? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, now there is a new television show about vampires, which is basically in the style of Parks and Rec in the Office called What We Do in the Shadows that I watched this summer, and it is fantastic. Based on a movie. Based on a movie. I haven't seen the movie, but What We Do in the Shadows, the television show... Is hilarious. It is so so good. I can't recommend it more. It's so I, good. I also wanted to mention that since we're talking, you mentioned a television show uh-huh. about vampires coming out either this year or next year. Television version of the Lost Boys is coming out. Interesting. So be that'll be really interesting to see how they do that in modern time. Well, not well. They could probably do it very similar. I mean, there's been other wait ones. A second, Vampire though. Diaries. Wait, wait a second. I mean, wait, wait, lots wait. of different television except, shows. Except, you know, a big thing about Lost Boys is that it is set in the late 80s. And tracking people down was way harder to do than it is now. I mean, people people can track you down on your cell phone now. People can know, like, parents can know where their kid is if they've got their phone on them. So this whole idea of where did these missing children go... It's a lot harder to sell. We'll see how this goes. It'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. There's, what? there's just so many, like, Yeah, know, there's great, tons of them. Like, I, th- I, I, Thunder, I think... you know, you've got, like you mentioned, Blade, Nosferatu, the original Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Awesome. I also like the Christopher Lee version. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, to find, to find your best, your favorite vampire movie, that's, that's, that's tough, but... Uh, Maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, we'll uh, ha- bring up that discussion at another time when we. Can I'm sure do we'll some be talking. Research. We'll probably be talking about another vampire movie in the future, anyways. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, Your, uh, let the right one in is very good. Nice. I've always wanted to watch it, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh yeah, we'll have to add that to the list. So, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Yeah, my, my my favorite scene, I think, is the whole sequence when Michael's turned. Everything in the cave? Everything in the cave, and then when they take him to the railroad track and he's hanging, mm-hmm. it, that's after the that's after he's drunk the blood, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so everything from when he's lured to the cave and when he comes crashing onto his bed, like he falls into the fog, and then they cut to him falling onto his bed. Like, yeah. that whole seven minutes is my favorite part of Yeah, the from, like, when... He tries to get Star, like he meets Star and he talks to her and he's like, gets her on the bike and they're like, and like, then Kiefer and the crew ride up. Yeah. And they're like, Star, where are you going, Star? Star. And like, Star. And then he tells Michael, like, he, Michael's like, I can't beat your bike. And he's like, you don't have to beat me. You just got to keep up. Like, mm-hmm. come on, just be part of the crew. From that point on until... I until the whole scene on the even until he, the the train scene and falling on the bed. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that that's probably my favorite part. That's also my favorite part because that is the longest period of time through you know the movie that we have no Corys. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You're gonna love my scene. The comic books shop scene. <laughs> that scene is great. No, it's when uh, what's Corey Haim's character's name? Corey Hamas Sam. Sam. Sam, that's right. Sam. When he calls them to go, I have we have a problem. Like I think <laughs> I think you're I think my brother might be a vampire. 
He's like, ask them all those questions. It's just so funny. And well, and then they're like, well, first you gotta get a steak. Right. Drive it right through his heart. That's my brother. Dude, that's my brother. <laughs> that bad breath. Well, he's always got bad breath. Right? He's like, eh. I, I almost kind of feel like I'm going to just throw Corey Haim in there, too. Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, and young man who I don't know, sorry, um, playing the other frog brother. They are the comic relief for this movie. Oh, sure. Everything else in this movie is serious and almost tinges on horror movie kind of, kind of level. Yeah. If it's not for those three clowns in this movie, I mean, come <laughs> That's on. That's what makes it great, because it has those parts, too. Yeah. And, and, and I would agree, too. Like, they're the younger ones, so it kind of has that Goonies factor. It kind mm-hmm. of adds that kind of difference in age kind mm-hmm. of factor. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that whole scene. I mean... I love Corey Feldman in Goonies, and I love and I like him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are like they 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 change the tone so much yes. in the movie. It's not that it's bad; it's just the tone changes in a very in, you know the whole scene that's like I can't watch, and I was cringing while watching it, and it made me super awkward. Was when they had um, when Edward Herman's character comes to the house and they do they're trying to test whether he's over a dinner or not. Oh my he's God. over for dinner and like <laughs> they put the they, raw garlic they put the raw garlic instead of the parmesan cheese <laughs> and then great. they throw water on him and it's holy water and he doesn't burn and then they shove a mirror in his they face they shove a mirror in his face that whole scene which why is that why doesn't he burn with the holy water it bothers me because inconsistencies they, Joel Schumacher <laughs> no no because he's the OG. No, because when you invite a vampire, that's now, right. No, I'm going to give well, you my own personal yeah. story on this. One night, I was listening to a late night radio show where it was around Halloween and everything was kind of goth and dark wave and industrial themed. Was it Black Planet? It was Black Planet. Nice. And shout out to Nako. And we were. <laughs> I was listening to it. Sherry was not home. You had gone to, like, a concert or something. I was listening to it, and they had a contest. If you called in and could tell us, um, how, you know, what not to do from a, to a vampire from Lost Boys that they tell you in Lost <laughs> Boys, um, what not to do, you know, you'll win something. And I called in, and I got it right. What you do not do is you do not invite a bam- vampire into your house because it renders you powerless. Yep. Silly and boy. That is exactly what they did. Michael invited him in. So anything they tried, holy water, garlic, any of that stuff was not going to work. Is that when you won that gothic box set? I did win the gothic box set with the with the um, The corset corset case. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh my god, that thing is awesome. You love all that. You love all the music. It was like three or four discs. It was awesome. (laughs) Anyway. That is why none of that worked, and that is why that scene ended up being, like, super awkward and cheesy, just yeah. knowing, like, you guys are dumb yeah. children. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to throw out that I don't know if the world would have ever had the Twilight series if it weren't for Lost Boys. Oh, for sure. Because it was, because Twilight's geared towards teenagers, right? Yeah. And it's about teenagers. Yes. I think that, I mean... I we I mean this is something that we should definitely look into, but I mean this might be like the first, like real teenage centered vampire movie where it was like 
this is not a movie for adults to go watch. This is a movie yeah. that we want teenagers yeah, to Because the hunger watch. is definitely not a teenager. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Dracula movies are. I mean, but and there's and there was tons of like, not like B this, movie though. spinoffs, like Bride of Dracula, right, and all this other right. kind of stuff that you know obviously teenagers would watch. But I mean, where teens were the center yeah. in yeah. characters. I mean, because then you later you got um, the interview with a vampire where you have Kirsten Dunst who's like eight. <laughs> no, she's like think, 10. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, so. That'd be interesting to look into. One last thing. I mean, we've, we've gotten, I mean, we've talked about this movie a lot. This has been, this has been fun. This but has been a longer, more lively discussion than I think any of us anticipated. If you, if anyone ever goes to Santa Cruz, um, we highly recommend that there's a map that you can look at online that will show certain areas uh, where scenes were filmed. So you can go and drive Westcliff Drive where the, you see some of the opening scenes um, of the movie. There is um, a shot of a supermarket with a whale sticking out. Um, it's kind of a side, just kind of little cut during the opening sequence. That um, supermarket you can go to it is still in Santa Cruz. It has a whale painting on the side of it now. Unfortunately, this movie was came out in 1987, and then in 1989, um, there was a huge earthquake, uh, the Loma Prieta earthquake, which was centered around Santa Cruz, and a lot of Santa Cruz was really destroyed. Um, and one of the things that um, you can't really go to now is the comic book store, which is called, um, I believe it's Atlantis Atlantic Fantasyland or Atlantis Fantasyland and that was originally on Pacific Avenue but unfortunately it did not survive the earthquake but the owner revived the comic book store and on Cedar Street in Santa Cruz and you can go there and visit it he has the um the comic the vampire comics that the frog brothers show Sam those are not real comics. Those are ones that they made just for the movie. He has copies of those at the comic book store signed by the cast, and you can go and see them, and he'll take a picture with you. You can go online. He's got pictures of people from all over the world who love this movie posing with him in the comic books, which is really cool. The bridge scene actually was not filmed in Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. It was filmed on a bridge in Southern California, but there is a bridge similar to it, next to the boardwalk, which people think is the bridge I've always from the movie, until you told but me it that. is not. And then, obviously, there's the boardwalk, which mm -hmm. is, there's all the scenes that were the beach scenes and the board, and where there's the carnival stuff, all of that stuff is at the boardwalk. The carousel, the giant dipper, the, you know, they still do have concerts on the beach. Yeah. You know, so if you are ever in the Santa Cruz area and you love this movie, go and check these places out. It's kind yeah. of a fun little trip. Even the um, the scene where the um, punk rock guy and the girl who are in the car making out, where they get killed, you can go to that point, we've all been there, mm -hmm. um, where you can like look, overlook the boardwalk. That That is there. Take some amazing pictures at night. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I highly recommend that. All right. Anyone else have anything to add to this lively discussion? Just that I love Santa Cruz. I do too. I love Santa Cruz too. <laughs> it's a it's a great place. I highly recommend you check it out. I also highly recommend that you check out Lost Boys. 
I also highly recommend that if anyone out there knows any way of getting us in contact with John Cusack or Joan Cusack so we can ask them about their views on Lost Boys. Or vampire movies in or general. Or vampire movies in general. Ooh, that's a good question. Are there any John or Joan Cusack vampire movies? I don't think so. We'll why why not? He could have been one of the Lost Boys, though. I mean, the closest, I think, maybe is like him being in... Um, what was that movie where he, uh, The Raven, where, yeah. you know, that was, is that as goth as John ever got? I mean, Joan was in the um, Adams Family movie. Yeah. So, I mean, she's gone dark. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> not sure about John. He's got, he's done, the, what was that, Identity? Mm-hmm. That was that. Yeah, was that I want to see that. Or 140, yeah. was it? 1408? 1402. 1408? Or is that the one where he's in the hotel? Uh-huh. So he's done some dark movies. Yes. But has he gone vampire dark? Even, I mean, Gross Point Blank is dark. Yeah. Gross Point Blank is excellent. There you go. All right. This is Matthew. This is Nancy. And Sherry. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.